0: my aunt conceived of herself as the virgin mary but she had also conceived two daughters mother called her divergent mary her dogs played as important a role in my life as my own pets did usually i trained her dogs too never could train aunt mimi one day when i was eight mother took me by the hand mickey now an elderly gentleman was failing She placed him in his little crate and we waited atop Queen Street Hill for the bus. Only rich people owned more than one car. Dad needed ours. The veterinarian's office squatted close to the Mason-Dixon line. I remember walking into the tidy, white, clabbered building, a sense of foreboding filtering through me. I was determined not to cry. Mother accompanied Mickey. I languished in the waiting room. When she came out, Mickey was wrapped in a lemon-yellow towel in his crate. Once home, the sun still bright, we buried him under the large, blooming crab apple tree up by the old pasture. The air carried all the messages of spring, Mickey's favorite season. Not until the last pat of the shovel did Mom give way. I let loose, too. Mickey taught me my first great lesson in life, which is that one animal or person can touch many others. I'd thought only of my relationship with Mickey, not mother's. Not once did it occur to me that she loved him before I came into the world. He was her shadow then. To this day I don't like lemon-colored towels. I adore tiger-cats and crabapple trees. A tiger-cat is sitting with me now. If I can find the money this spring, I am going to realize a dream and line one of my farm roads with crab apples. Mickey would approve. Not all the animals I have learned from were mine, and some of the most profound lessons came from spending time with people who were blessed with the gift to understand and appreciate God's creatures. My grandfather kept foxhounds given to him by his brother Bob, who was a kennelman of the Green Spring Valley hunt. Pop Pop Harmon returned from World War I a far different man than when he'd entered it. As long as Big Mimi was alive, she held him together. She died in 1948, and he went to pieces, drinking enough to float a battleship couldn't hold a job so he made a little money entering hunting contests when i visited he put the liquor aside not until i was an adult did i fathom how he protected me from his affliction and what it must have cost him to do so if i was especially good i could eat with the foxhounds and sleep with them too They were American foxhounds, along with some crossbreds, which is what I have now in my kennels for the Oak Ridge Hunt Club. Through Pop Pop's Hounds, I learned the basics of canine communication, which is quite sophisticated. For instance, a well-mannered person says, excuse me or pardon me if someone blocks their path. A dog bumps another dog, and given the hierarchical nature of canines, the younger or lesser dog moves. Young and small, I had to gain the respect of the hounds. If a hound didn't move out of my way, I bumped him. When a hound or house dog brought me a toy, and I asked the animal to release it, if he didn't, I'd chastise him. Asking for the toy is a signal to play. Sometimes I pretended I wanted that slobbery toy, and I would chase the dog. Then I'd stop, turn my back, and walk away. The dog would follow, toy in mouth. This would go on until one of us pooped out, and it always made the dog so happy. Spontaneous play draws the participants closer together. This is one of the things humans lose as they get older. Given all the responsibilities people acquire in life, it's difficult to be spontaneous. Dogs, cats, and horses don't punch a time clock. They don't need to turn in reports or expense accounts. Every now and then, it's good to walk away from whatever burdens you, pick up a ball, and throw it for the dog. Tone of voice matters if a dog speaks low to another dog not a growl just a low tone all is usually well if the pitch rises it means excitement the danger bark is distinctive and doesn't sound like